Wait, so you put three D's in Dandridge? It's Dandridge. That is not how that it's sounds. It's Dandridge. It sounds like it's got two D's in it. Dandridge. D-A-N-D-R-I-D. Dandridge. Oh, my that God. That is how it's supposed to be. Guys, you didn't know you were going to get a spelling lesson, did you? Is that how you spelled it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Breaking news. Carrie was right and I was wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a big day for us here at the studio, folks. <laughs> Welcome to Kicking and Streaming, for real. I'm Gary. I'm Ross. And this week we are getting spooky with the 1985 vampire thriller, Fright Night. Fright Night. Fright Night. (laughs) The soundtrack to this movie. I love it. It's so dope. Okay, 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 okay. So guys, guys, guys. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. <laughs> I love how that has a slight question mark about yeah, it. Yeah, like... Uh, allow me to explain. Uh, the Facebook page has been unpublished. Be- Why is this? <laughs> because somebody... <laughs> Somebody reported that we weren't who we said we were. This is all your fault. You are getting into too many comment battles with conservatives. <laughs> and they're reporting the page. They're reporting the page. I'm convinced that's what happened. Because none of our listeners would do that. No. So I'm in And a- if you did, ow. <laughs> yeah, ow. ow guys. <laughs> that hurts. We get it, but like, ow. So in, I'm appealing it, but in the meantime, you can just follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. It's more, it's, it's far more liberal. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> if you want to write the show and tell us how angry you are that the Facebook page has been unpublished, you can write us at kicking and streaming podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. A big old shout out to Carly for writing us our first ever email. It only took 18 months. Carly, we love you, girl. You're like the only one that interacts with the Twitter <laughs> in a meaningful way, and we appreciate that. And like she had, she had some really good suggestions for movies we should do. Mm. I think we should try and work one of them into the rotation. Or all of them. Yeah, or all of them. I, we love you, Carly. Yeah, these are great suggestions. Thanks for the email. It's like living in Siberia, and you know you don't get mail very often. And then one day you see the pony coming, and you're like, holy shit, news from the West. Oh, my God. <laughs> So thanks, Carly. If you guys love this show as much as Carly does, you should go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you leave those types of things. Also, a little Apple Podcast hiccup. Apparently, you're only allowed a 100 episode backlog. Or at least we are. So to those of you, yeah, or at least we are. um, I I don't know how to fix that. Maybe we can pay money for that to not happen? I don't know. If you have any suggestions, write the show at (laughs) kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com with an Ann and not an ampersand. I'm going to look into it and... um, but. In the meantime, if you want to listen to an episode that's dropped off the feed, you can find it on Podbean. We published originally on Podbean. So it it, it didn't go away. It's still on Podbean. You just might have to listen to it through something else. Every Monday, baby. And you can do that by copying our custom RSS link from the Podbean page and pasting it into another podcast player. We'd love for you to join this watch party with us. Guys, a little bit of a trigger warning for this episode. There's lots of gore. There's lots of disturbing effects and everything that we're going to be describing. Um, It's a little predatory in the sexual sense. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to bug you or not, but if it might, 
maybe pick another episode. Please. We want everyone to be comfortable on this watch party. All right, let's sink our teeth in. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. This could be the night of your life. Tom Holland. No. (laughs) Not current sexy boy Tom Holland. 80s director Tom Holland. What do we know Tom Holland from? I feel like we've talked about him before. Well, Tom Holland directed that 1983 sequel to Psycho. Oh, no. Yeah. He also definitely directed the first Child's Play film. Yes, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I love this movie, too. He's also done some Stephen King adaptations. Which ones? Uh, not ones that I know. <laughs> Thinner? I've seen Thinner. And Langoliers? I don't know what that Langoliers? is. Langoliers? <laughs> Langela... I don't know. Herb Jaff. Herb Jaff is the main producer on the film. Um, I l- want to talk about him a little bit because I really like his name. <laughs> Herb Jaff? Like, is it Jaff? Is it Jaffy? Is it Jeffafa? <laughs> Jeffafa? I don't know. Herb, let us know. Oh, he can't. He died in 1991. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry, Herb. So sorry, Herb. So, as always, we've got names. Do we? Question mark. We do. <laughs> we do. Okay, so first and foremost, we have in his second kicking and streaming appearance, Mr. Chris Sarandon, everybody. He was Jack Skellington. He was here last Halloween, y'all. And honestly, he'll probably be here next Halloween. You might also know Chris Sarandon as Prince Humperdinck from Princess Bride. Yeah, he's in a lot of things. He sure is. Remember he was in that one episode of Orange is the New Black? Yes. And you thought he was totally going to come back? Yeah, you thought he was going to be a big part of it. And then, no. <laughs> We have William Ragsdale. We know him from things... He plays Charlie, our protagonist in the film. We know him from things like Fright Night, (laughs) 1985. Fright Night Part 2, 1988. (laughs) Um, Something called Herman's Head. I don't know what that is. That ran from 1991 to 1994. Let's see, just for the hell of it, shall we? Herman's Head is about a research assistant named Herman Brooks. He works in fact-checking for a major magazine publisher and from outward appearances embodies a young man on the fast track, but we're shown a struggle of contrasting... I'm so bored. (laughs) Okay, never mind. We know him from Fright Night, 1985. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, I'm about to fall asleep listening to you describe the show. We have closeted lesbian Amanda Burse. Amanda. 
Amanda. Listen, I don't know her from anything else. I don't need to. She's one of us. She is. Um, she came out eight years after this. Oh, so. bless her soul. Not an easy time to come out. Definitely not. Definitely not. Amanda Burst was also in Married with Children and other soap operas. Is that a soap opera? Married with Children? Yeah, or a sitcom. I don't know. Married with Children is like Ed Begley and that mom from Sons of Anarchy whose name escapes me. It all escapes me. <laughs> we have Stephen Jeffries. He, we know him from things like Fright Night, 1985. I think you've made your point. Okay. That a lot of people are Guys. best known for this thing. Here's something about Stephen Jeffries, though. He, due to some like stupid mix-up at the studio, he like showed up for Anthony Michael Hall's return call for Weird Science. And, like, he wasn't supposed to be there. But the casting director liked him so much that she recommended him for this. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. Exactly. Uh, Two more names here. We have internationally renowned actor Roddy McDowell, (laughs) known for his uh, portrayals in Planet of the Apes, also known for his many appearances on The Carol Burnett Show. Oh, yeah. They were buds. They were buds. And he's also in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I'm pretty sure Mike is probably the only listener who knows what I'm talking about. Aw, how, but... how green was my valley? Yeah, he's also in that. And uh... Fright Night Part 2. Yep, he's in the stupid sequel. Guys, the sequel to this movie is stupid and wild. We should really be welcoming Roddy McDowell to his second kicking and streaming appearance. He first appeared... In a bug's life. Oh my god, he's Manny? No, he's Mr. Uh... He's Mr. Soil! He's Mr. Soil. Holy crap! Do not panic! Do not panic! We are trained professionals! Now stay calm! We are going around the leaf! Uh, around the leaf? I, I, I don't think we can do that. Oh, nonsense. This is nothing compared to the twig of 93. Oh, Roddy, I'm so sorry, man. That was like his last film, too. I know. Shame on me. But we have him as the notorious Peter Vincent. Vampire killer. I love this character. He's named for Peter Cushing. Who was always in the Drac? Who was always in the vampire movies? My with- name is Peter Cushing, and I need a job. <laughs> Christopher Lee won't make movies with me anymore. <laughs> and Vincent Price, who was just famous for being spooky in general. You know him from the Thriller song. <laughs> He's the guy that's all creepy at the end. He's also the guy from the House on Haunted Hill. Okay, why was it released in August? You hate it when this happens. I just release the movies when they're supposed to be released. I don't understand. Honey, you know, there's only four weeks in October usually, and not everybody wants to debut their spooky movie at the same time as everybody else. All right. Talk me through this disturbing but sexy film. You know I'm a slut for a well-drawn moon. Oh, yes. (laughs) We're on a dark, spooky fall night. This neighborhood doesn't even look real. It kind of looks like... Boston? But it's not. It's supposed to be L.A. Which we never get any context on that. I know. But it's just, it's a very nice neighborhood. And we're we're getting a movie within a movie. Jesus. (laughs) Back to the meta humor. Oh, shit. Guess what we've got? Vampires. Who do we have on screen? The legendary vampire hunter Peter Vincent. Mm, Guys, in the 2011 remake of this movie, it's David Tennant, not Roddy McDowell, and it's like sexy Peter Vincent. Yeah, he's got like a he's got like he's got like a dick. Like (laughs) I thought you were about to just say. No, he's got like a (laughs) 
<laughs> Roddy McDowell has no penis. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. David Tennant's Peter Vincent is like, got this Chris Angel vibe. Yeah, a little bit. Very flashy, lots of pyrotechnics. Mm-hmm. And Peter Vincent in the 1985, he's just charming old Roddy McDowell. Yeah. I want to have an afternoon with him. You want to have a cup of tea? <laughs> yeah, I Or do. something, yeah. Like... And chat. Peter Vincent is the host of a segment on late night television called Fright Night. Think Elvira, except with none of the sex appeal. Peter Vincent from the get-go gives me big Gilderoy Lockhart vibes. Why is that? Because I'm just sensing... Because what does he say? He says... Tonight's journey into horror is Blood Castle. It is one of my favorites for a very good reason. I Started. <laughs> he is very into himself, and mm-hmm. we'll get more of that later. He's also made up for Jesus. He's got lots of pa- face powder and the amount of talcum in his hair. Like, I feel like if you tapped him on the shoulder, he would just go poof. A little, yeah, a little cloud. <laughs> We are in the bedroom of our protagonist, Charlie Brewster. He spells it with a Y. I know that I'm annoys fundamentally you. against it. <laughs> and Charlie is a nut for horror movies, mm-hmm. man. Especially vampire movies. That's all he watches in this movie mm. is vampire movies. You'd think he'd be more educated throughout the narrative about it. <laughs> but no, we'll get there. But <laughs> here's the other thing. Charlie's not exactly watching the movie. Oh, no. He's watching Amy. <laughs> Amy is his His eyes are glued to that screen. <laughs> Amy is his girlfriend, Amanda Burst. See, I don't get the feeling that they're actually going steady. I feel like they're just I think based on the way she acts, they're going steady. Okay. And you know, guys, it's the 80s. Like I just said, premarital sex in a- in horror movies is very popular because it's usually to set those people up to be killed later. But that's not the case. Charlie and Amy, they've been going steady for about a year. They're all American. Like I Yeah, wa- sure. I, I wanted to gag when I said that, but that's how people would describe them. <laughs> the lesbian and the nobody. <laughs> All American. Can we not shame women into putting out? You know what? In speaking of moving on, (laughs) yes, let's not shame women into putting out. Because Amy's like, I feel like this is almost an excuse. Amy doesn't give a fuck about Peter Vincent, but she's like, oh, things are moving a little fast. Charlie, you're missing Peter Vincent. Peter (laughs) Vincent's on. Look at the television, Charlie. And he's just like, no, I think I'll pay attention to your chest a little bit longer. Girl, just say no and leave. And she she does. She says no. She gets up. And then Charlie gets mad. He's like, listen. Charlie, I said stop it. Jesus, Amy, give me a break. We've been going together almost a year, and all I ever hear is, Charlie, stop it. She is a nice girl. She's a lesbian. <laughs> well, not in the context of this story. You're right. Amanda you're right. Burst is a lesbian. But, but no, not Amy. Amy is Amy not. Amy is a nice girl. She doesn't want you to miss your favorite television program. And, like, maybe don't pressure her into sex, Charles. She's not ready. And so here's the thing, though. She eventually, like, gets down off her hind legs and says, okay. We're going to do it. And so she gets in bed. Well, she's just scared. Like, give her a little more credit. She's what? 17, 18? Based on the rest of this movie, I hope she's 18. Let's hope. But here's the thing. And this will become a repetitive theme. But as soon as Amy is ready to give him what he wants, he's distracted by something else. No more boner. There's two men carrying a coffin down below. Yeah, 
he looks out his bedroom window and there are these two guys in the dead of night carrying a coffin into the root cellar of the empty house next door. I mean, it's a badass coffin. <laughs> it is. It would draw my eye too. Like the detailing on it is exquisite. I feel like vampires should have, you know, like how wizards have their wands, yeah. their wand type. Like, what is your coffin made out of, Ooh. Madame Vampiris? Witch elm. Ooh! That's what mine would be made out What's of. What's the core that enchants it? The blood of men. Yeah! <laughs> I love it! I love it. Anyway. Did you hear my villainous cat? I did. Now? I did. All right. Amy's like, the fuck? I'm trying to bone. I'm finally trying to give you what you want, and all you can think about is guys? <laughs> You know what? You know what? That's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's just spooked by the coffin that's moving in next door. There is spooky shit about. So she goes downstairs, and they're arguing the whole way down the stairs. And this is where we meet Mrs. Brewster. And, like, the mom is just, <laughs> the mom is not paying attention to the fact that, that her teenage son was trying to get busy upstairs. No. Like, she doesn't have enough questions. Charlie is still looking out the window. He's not paying attention to anything that's going on. Mom's like, are you having a lover's spat? <laughs> and Charlie's just grunting at the window. Uh. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so Amy's like, good night, Charlie. And Charlie, nothing. <laughs> He's transfixed by this house next door. Charlie, that wasn't very nice, not walking Amy to the front door. Mom, there are people next door. Oh, I guess the new owner's moving in. Bob Hoskins said he finally got rid of the place. Who'd he sell it to? I don't know. Some fellow who fixes up houses for a living. It's supposed to be very attractive, though. <laughs> I just hope whoever he is, he knows what he's getting into with his house. It's going to take a lot of work news. just to make it. A man was found murdered tonight behind the railroad yards. So, um, we've had some murders, haven't we? Yeah, in the area, people are turning up dead, sometimes without their heads. Yep. Yeah, it's real gruesome. And it's... <laughs> it may be a sign that this animal suffers from madness. Wow. Sorry. A village reference. I'm going to start finding ways to sneak them in now that we've done the film. <laughs> this is where I wrote, evil is cute, but I won't tell. <laughs> yeah, the next day at school, we meet, we meet Charlie's little friend, question mark? Ed Thompson, but they call him evil. Why didn't he tell us he was going to spring a pop quiz? Well, that's the point to a pop quiz, Brewster, to surprise you. Buzz off, evil. Oh. Call me anything you want. Only you're the one failing trig, not me. Again, I'm genuinely confused about whether or not they're friends. They're friends. They don't really relate to each other like they like each other. Well, friends don't have to like each other. I don't even know what you mean by that. I mean, <laughs> haven't, didn't you ever have a friend when you were younger who with you were kind of adversarial? I mean, a little bit, but these kids are in high school, and, like, I didn't talk to my friends like that. Evil's a weird guy. He is super obsessed with horror also, but, like, he's weirder than Charlie. I don't know how to qualify this. He's more hardcore. He's into the occult. He's they into... call him evil, for God's sake. Yeah, I know. And, and he looks it, too. Yeah, he's got this spiky blonde hair, and he's got this maniacal laugh. <laughs> Charlie gets home from school and he sees this beautiful woman get out of a taxi in front of the house next door. She's a playmate. Is she? She's an actual Playboy playmate. The actress is? Yeah, I, her name is Heidi something. She is gorgeous. She is gorgeous. Like, Keep doing what you're doing, Heidi. And she's like, is this 99 Oak? He's like, oh God, I wish it was. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, that's the house next door. And she walks into the new neighbor's house. 
He's trying to study that night. He's like deep into his trigonometry or whatever. Fuck that trig. And all of the sudden, he hears a scream come from next door. Um, I've shat. Who else shat? (laughs) But like, we don't really get any follow up on that immediately. Nope. uh, I think the playmate's dead. Oh, poor dear. Yeah. Oh, she's going to show up without her head. I know. And then how's she going to get her pictures? That's awful. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) You're going to hell for that. Uh, God will get you for that, Jerry. Okay. Now we have to talk about Billy. Jerry's lover? (laughs) All right, all right. Just get out what you want to say. Okay, listen. So Jerry Dandridge, the guy that's moving into this house, the guy who's like totally killing these women. Yeah. Um, B- uh, Billy is his like valet, his love joy, if you will. His house boy. He's the love joy to Jerry Dandridge's Hockley. And in our interpretation of this, they're totally lovers. Oh, they're lovers. <laughs> you think so? Are you kidding me? Oh my God. Is, is Jerry Dandridge a bisexual icon? Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Billy is painting the windows black. Not sus at all. <laughs> no, not sus at all. Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, you want to buy a house with a lot of natural light in it, and he's <laughs> painting it out. I wrote painting the windows black, are we? Charlie goes to open up that cellar door. You little intruder. And Billy just appears out of nowhere. Hey. Hey, kid. What are you doing? Nothing. Oh, yeah? Would just make sure that it stays that way. Billy is just intense, and he is he's like the guard dog for that house. Because he can walk around in the daylight, right? Yes. So he is like the guard dog for the house when Dandridge is asleep. So the next night, Charlie watches some more movies. I wrote, oh, the synth is divine. I know! <laughs> He's just he's just got the TV on. He has got his rear window binoculars out and he is watching the window across the way. He's perving out for the night. <laughs> it's not perving, it's to see if he can see Dandridge acting sus. Well, he's about to be a perv. Oh, here we go. So, so like this tune that's playing while this is happening. I don't know. This 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 exact tune makes me feel some kind of way. It's like it's both it is sexy, it is scary, it is I am sweating with anticipation. <laughs> like ah, very good. There's just so many things about this particular synth tune that is splattered throughout the film that I'm like Okay, I'm alive now. <laughs> Everything about you right now is that Stephen Colbert gif where he's like, mark me down as scared and turned on. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we took a little bit of a nap, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. When Charlie wakes up, he sees Jerry Dandridge, Chris Sarandon, and he has this beautiful woman in front of him. Not the same woman that walked in the other day. Absolutely not. Uh, she's also topless um there's that soap opera soft soap opera soft and they're (laughs) they are like getting busy right in front of the open window he's going for her neck and charlie sees his fangs come out but before he can bite her he sees charlie (laughs) you've been witnessed you little perv and the way he just slowly pulls down the shades. Mm. Oh, and you see his manicure. Yeah. He's got these really long, skinny fingers with well-manicured nails Anyone at the end. else got a claw problem? Oh, no. 
Charlie doesn't know what to do. He finally decides he's going to go outside and investigate. And he sees Jerry and Billy taking this uh, trash bag that uh, <clears throat> kind of looks like a body. I will put my yard trimmings in a car compactor. Oh, quality Simpsons reference. <laughs> I like your Fat Tony impression. But yeah, they're throwing their yard trimmings into the Jeep. And Charlie is hiding in a bush. And we get this point of view shot of Jerry, like, on the roof. It's very 80s. It is very 80s. Because it's a point of view shot, and it's like he's just running off the roof and taking flight. I love the whooshing noise, the Gavin's like, he's turning into a bat. Why not show it? And I'm like, because it's expensive. It's expensive. (laughs) It's an expensive shot. And I love it because Charlie's mom comes out on the porch yelling for him, Charlie! And like Jerry... That was good. That was good. That was a good impression. (laughs) Sorry. And like Jerry sees him in the bush and Charlie wigs and he darts back into the house. I just love it. He runs out of the bush. You made an ass out of yourself, Charles. (laughs) How late did you stay upstairs? Mom, I'm not sick. The guy did have fangs, and a bat did fly over my head, and a second later, he stepped out of the shadows. Now, don't you see what that means? He's a vampire. A what? A what? A vampire. Damn it, haven't you listened to anything I've said? So you guessed it. Mom doesn't believe him about Jerry. He does, She doesn't believe Jerry's a vampire. She thinks he's had a nightmare. Charlie, a bit fed up with everything he's seen decides to invite the police to come investigate the sexy happenings (laughs) next door. The sexy murder (laughs) happenings? Is it sexy murder? On this episode of Sexy Murder Happenings. And, like, they go up to the door, him and this cop, who I'm sure is ready for a coffee break. R. Evans is the actor's name. His name's Detective Lennox, but... They go up to the door, and when Billy opens the door, he's all smiles. He's like, well, hi! (laughs) What can I do for you, officer? like a piece of candy? (laughs) Billy lets them in, and they're standing right... The inside of the house is gorgeous. Mm. Like, it's a little dusty because it's been closed for a long time, but it's an... It's got a lot of appeal. There's a there's a huge staircase in the foyer, mm. and at the top of it, there's this beautiful stained glass window. The cop is asking him some cursory questions. There was a murder last night. Charlie lives next door. Thinks he saw the victim in this house. Well, that's impossible. I was here with Jerry all last night. There was nobody else in the house. Uh, that's a lie. I saw him carry her body out in a plastic bag. Charlie, whoa! Yeah. Come on, man. And of course, the cop is already on edge because he doesn't really know why he's here. And then Charlie brings up the vampires. (laughs) He's like, no, instead of checking upstairs, let's go check in the cellar because Jerry Dandridge is down there in a coffin sleeping the sleep of the undead. And the cop looks at him like, what is wrong with you? What what are you talking about? What are you talking about? He's a vampire. Uh-oh. <laughs> I saw him in that room last night, and he had fangs, and he bit her on the neck. For heaven's sake, come on. What, what are you talking about? Wait. You can't just leave like coffee. this. I got a coffee for you. He's embarrassed to be there. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, why the hell am I even here? He can't get them out of there fast enough. And Billy's just laughing at everything being said. Yeah, Billy is playing it totally cool. Yeah. He's ready to show the officer around. He doesn't care that he's here. Billy's got this look on his face like, do you know how many times I've had to do this? <laughs> I am well practiced. Like over the last millennium, do you know how many times I've had to do this? Jerry is canonically 400 years old. So Billy's probably been around for a long time. So Charlie's out of options. Mom doesn't believe him. Amy doesn't believe him. The cops don't believe him. His only resort 
is evil. Evil will believe him. Because evil is into this kind of stuff. Yeah. Evil's room, just just being in evil's room, I'm anxious. Like, there's all these posters on the wall with a lot of aggressive, like, bands and imagery. And he's got all these occult artifacts sitting around his room. As much as he is into all these things, he still does not believe in the reality of any of it. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't want to I don't want to be too tough on evil. He's just a weird kid, man. And sometimes you're just a weird kid. Like he's wigging that Charlie's wigging. Yeah, he's like, Brewster, Brewster, what is the problem? Yeah. And Evil's like, okay, you fucking whack job. Evil gives us a rundown of all of the well-known vampire lore that exists in movies. Then get some garlic. Links to the stuff you can wear around your neck and hang from your window. If he comes for you, that'll be the way. Then, oh, of course, there's holy water. <laughs> but uh, you, you got to get a priest to say a blessing over it first. <laughs> so he's telling them, you're going to need the whole nine yards. You're going to need the crucifix, the garlic, the holy water, the steak. You know, the gar- I said garlic, right? <laughs> yeah, you did. I said garlic. <laughs> you sure did. Very crucial. Very important. He's not going to be able to hurt you. Unless he's invited by you into your home. A vampire cannot enter somewhere unless being invited by the rightful owner. And Charlie's like, whew, that's a relief. But that lasts all of five seconds, doesn't it? We go home. We go home to find Mrs. Brewster entertaining. Oh my god. She's entertaining a guest. (laughs) Maybe the new neighbor? Guys! We're finally meeting Chris Sarandon's character proper now. Jerry Dandridge. And guys, I don't know... I don't know what it is about me. It's his face. He is so handsome. Yeah. And he is so well dressed. And I'm just like, oh no, I'm totally susceptible to this garbage. The silver gray suit with the red scarf. Oh my God. He can have me. I'm so sorry. The red scarf is like, I'm a marked being. (laughs) Oh no. And he's like, I just love the, the guitar. Hello, Charlie. And he's leaning around and goes, well, hi, Charlie. And and I just, that's where I wrote, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> he's in the house. He's been invited by the rightful owner. Oh, God. Mom let the vamp in. <laughs> <laughs> he's drinking a fucking Bloody Mary. I know. I mean, I know. come on. <laughs> that's great, Tom. That's great. So Jerry feels welcome anytime now. Oh, man. Here's the thing. Not only does he look good. He is charming. He works mom into putty within five minutes. This is no Edward Cullen. We're no awkward fucker here. We are, oh my God, the way he, the way he's playing with Charlie. Oh yeah. What's the matter, Charlie? Afraid I'd never come over without being invited first. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're quite right. Of course, uh, now that I've been made welcome, I'll probably drop by quite a bit. In fact, anytime I feel like it. It's a veiled threat. Uh-huh. He's like, I may come back down anytime I want. Charlie's just like, Mom, please don't let him be my new dad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's so scared he wants to go to his trigonometry homework. Have you ever been so scared that you need to do math? <laughs> oh, no. To distract? So Charlie's spooked, and he thinks it would be a good idea to, like, nail his window shut that night. Yeah. He doesn't want Jerry coming in. But here's the problem. Jerry comes in through mom's window. Yeah. Like, mom's, like, asleep in the bed, and Jerry's just over her all of a sudden. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no! 
he leaves mom's room and he pulls the door closed so tight that it sticks. Yep. Like she's trapped in there now. Charlie's woken up. He's gone downstairs to get a drink of water or something. And when he comes back upstairs, he walks into his room and he sees the light go out next door and he's like, well... Time to turn in from the no- for the night. Don't have to watch the creepy neighbor anymore. That was Billy's cue for Jerry. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> because Jerry comes out of the closet. I hope. <laughs> no! <laughs> we love the gays. It's not a gay joke. We just want Jerry to be gay. This scene is very tense. Oh, God. This is the first of some of the best makeup that we see. But let, let, hold on. Let's talk about how this whole crazy encounter starts. He grabs Charlie by the throat and he says, Do you have any idea how much trouble you've caused me? Like, I've been here for two days. <laughs> I just got here. I just got here. Let me get settled. Of course. I could give you something I don't have. A choice. Forget about me, Charlie. Forget about me, and I'll forget about you. What do you say, Charlie? Charlie picks up this crucifix that evil gave him to protect himself against Jerry, and he holds it up, and Jerry laughs at him. Yeah. He's like, you have to have faith for that to work. It's like the killing curse. You have to mean it. Jerry tries to push him out the window. Mm. It's, it's very rough. And Charlie manages to grab a hold of this pencil that's on his desk. It's as good as a steak, am I right? It's made of wood, it's long and pointy, and he stabs Jerry through the hand. (laughs) This is my first, nope, (laughs) nope. Because it's a state, guys, it, like, triggers Jerry. I was going to say, have you ever heard of being triggered? It triggers his vampire form. He gets really ugly. He, he gets really nopey really quick. And, like, his eyes turn yellow, and he has these finger extensions on that make his hands humongous and menacing. Like, does it look like it's from the 80s? A little bit. Absolutely. A little bit. But it's still great, and it makes me eek out. It make, I like that. Eek out. I'm going to use that now. They are interrupted by Mrs. Brewster trying to get her door open. She's like, oh, I've been shut in. (laughs) Charlie. Just another night in the Brewster house. Charlie. Remember during Titanic when you were like, the amount of times they call out each other's names? Yeah. The the amount of times people call out Charlie's name? Yeah. Charlie. Hello, Charlie. 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 Charlie, are you listening to me? What's the matter, Charlie? Dandridge is alerted by mom. He leaves. He flies back next door. That's when we get a call. Phone rings. He picks it up and guess who it is? Hi, Charlie. Hi, Hi Jerry. Jerry. What's the story? Morning glory. Gonna I... kill you. <laughs> I know you're there, Charlie. I can see you. I just destroyed your car, Charlie. But that's nothing. Compared to what I'm going to do to you. Charlie sees Peter Vincent on his television. And and it it comes on for him like a light bulb. He's like, I have to consult the vampire hunter. Yeah, the actor. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. Sure. Charlie, you don't know that it's not real. You don't know, Charlie. Like, come on. I love Roddy McDowell. I also love Roddy McDowell. He's just a flustered old man who's ready to get to tea and unwind. (laughs) 
<laughs> As Peter Vincent, he is this kind of washed up actor character who's kind of resorted to taking whatever work he can get. And Charlie is catching him at a very bad time. Yeah, he's been fired. He's on his way out of the studio with his things because the show's been canceled. He's like Santa Claus in Polar Express. The kids can't hear the bell anymore. Oh, no. Our kids aren't scared anymore. He's like, Mr. Vincent, I love you so much. Will you help me kill a vampire, sir? Yeah. Pardon me? <laughs> Pardon me? You know the murder of that girl that happened a few days ago? Yeah. The guy who lives next door to me did it. He's a vampire. If this is your idea of a joke, I am not amused. Mr. Vincent, I am not joking. I am I'm deadly serious. Ronnie McDowell is scandalized. Like, he's absolutely clutching his pearls. Like, you want me to commit murder? Vampires aren't real, sonny boy. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> That's right. Charlie, it's television. Yeah. He doesn't actually fight vampires, sweetheart. Like in Galaxy Quest, when all of the aliens find out that Tim Allen and the rest of the crew are actually just actors. That moment. When Mathasar is just like, you lied. You lied. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh. Oh, God. I'm telling the truth. Come on, you just said you believe in vampires. I lied. The vampire tried to kill me last night and trashed my car when he didn't succeed. Now, he's going to be back after me tonight, Mr. Vincent. And if I don't get help, he's going to kill me. Mr. Vincent, Mr. Vincent, please, just listen to me for a second. No, wait, please, Mr. Vincent, wait. And so now Charlie literally has no other options. He loses it. He calls Amy and Evil over to the house. And when Evil and Amy walk upstairs, they open his bedroom door and he has every candle in the house lit. And Charlie is sitting cross-legged on the bed, sharpening a wooden stake with a big knife. Wow. I love Evil. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. You're so he cool. He can't believe it himself. I know. He, You're so cool, Brewster. He's just like, you guys don't believe me? Peter Vincent won't help me. Gonna have to do it. Gonna have to go next door and kill him myself. And I just love Amy grabbing the steak out of his hand like, that's murder, Charlie. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Amy. It sure is. It sure is murder. Listen to Amy. <laughs> So Amy convinces Charlie to let her and Evil try and get Peter Vincent to help them before Charlie resorts to murder. Because like the only way apparently you can murder a vampire is to hammer a stake through its heart. I don't understand this logic. It has something to do with pinning their soul down so they can't fly to another body or something like that. So they're ghosts now? Uh, no, listen, I'm probably not doing it justice. I will do some more research and drop a link in the show notes. So we go to Peter Vincent's apartment. He's so ready for company. Yeah. He's so ready. You love his little smoking jacket that he gets on. I love PV's jacket. Like, it is. <laughs> I want that jacket. I want it just to wear around. He's got so many cool things in the apartment, too. All the relics from his acting career. You're, you've been an actor. I've been an actor. When somebody asks you, is there anything that you kept? He kept. He kept. He, he kept. kept everything. All Lots of props, lots of makeup, lots of masks. It's all these movie posters on the wall. It's fabled that his 
Planet of the Apes mask is in there somewhere. I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. I was looking for it, but I didn't see it. Uh, what can I do for you? Um, uh, an autograph, perhaps, or uh, perhaps a- a- an interview for your school newspaper? I'm afraid this is much more important. What could be more important than my autograph? Saving a boy's life. Oh, oh yes, I can see where that... Uh, could be more important. Um, You're right. That's the, the Gil- that's the Gilderoy Lockhart like, right there. I'm surprised there's not a picture in the corner of him taking a picture of himself. <laughs> what could be more important than my, my autograph? autograph? Please. Amy and Evil explain the whole situation to him. He doesn't even remember Charlie coming to talk to him. You mean earlier? Yeah. Like that day? It happened earlier that day. But he only agrees to help them once Amy offers him $500. Oh my god in heaven, come on, Roddy. Everybody has their price. I guess his is a $500 savings bond from an 18-year-old girl. I guess. They scheme that they're going to go to Dandridge's house, and Peter will perform some kind of vampire litmus test on Dandridge Mm -hmm. to prove to Charlie that he's human. To reduce these homicidal tendencies. Yes, that is what we are trying to prevent here, the homicidal tendencies. But here's the thing, Dandridge gets to call the shots. Yeah. Like, Peter calls him up and is like, hey, can we come to your house and uh, put on a show for this delusional teenage boy? Yeah. And he's like, sure, but you can only come after 6 p.m. Because that's when I'll be up. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'll be out until then. Yeah. Jerry, please. And he's like, no crosses because I'm a born again Christian. Uh Uh-huh. They managed to convince him to drink, quote, Holy water. No crosses because I'm a born-again Christian? He thinks they're sacrilegious. I don't know. I don't know how that works. So Charlie, Amy, and Evil, they're all standing outside Dandridge's house waiting for Peter to show up. Charlie is, like, on edge. Yeah. He's like, he needs a smoke. (laughs) (laughs) And Peter shows up with his vampire hunting outfit. Like, he's in the outfit from the late night show. He's also got a kid. Yeah, he's got like a trunk full of vampire tricks. I love it because Billy lets them in. He's expecting them. It's not a big deal. And this entrance with Jerry, he looks like an L.L. Bean model. He's wearing two sweaters. You are being Patrick right now. I know. I should not find him. Copyright TCO, you are attracted to the wrong people here. (laughs) You're right. You're right. He's garbage. He murders women. Let's not be attracted to the garbage so hard. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I just love the sweaters because he looks so harmless. He walks down the stairs and he's he's all smiles. He's all, hello, hi, how are you? Very polite. Let's prove that I'm not a vampire. Mr. Vincent, I've seen all of your films and I found them very amusing. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and um, who are these two attractive young people? Then he sets his eyes on Amy. He marks her. Or whatever they call it in the Twilight, imprinting or whatever. (laughs) He's transfixed by her. Yeah. I have in all capital letters, sir, step away from the high school girl. Like when they strike eyes, all I can think of is, well, you didn't have to cut me off. (laughs) Sir, you're 400. She is 18. Come on. (laughs) We need to have some kind of a bar and we need to stay above it. Or at it, at least. (laughs) So they get on with this whole charade because Charlie's chomping at the bit. He's got no time for pleasantries. All his nails are on the floor. And so 
Peter gives him the holy water. And I love Jerry because Jerry is visibly nervous about this. Yeah. He's like, are you sure this is um <clears throat> holy water? Yeah. And he's like, yes. And the thing is, it's not holy water. It's not. It's it, tap water. Because they don't believe him. And exactly. so they're just doing the bare minimum. And so I love that before drinking it, Dandridge holds it close to the fire. Like, that's going to make sure it's not holy water. Yeah, kind of. And, like, we don't get any explanation on that, but I'm like, is that a little vampire trick? Ooh. Hold the vial over the flame and it'll all the holy will burn out of it. <laughs> but he downs it. Not a problem. And then Peter turns to Charlie and is like, there. Now, are you satisfied? And Charlie's like, horseshit. <laughs> I know what I saw. I feel bad. We've been doing a series of movies here where people are being gaslit. Yeah. And I feel bad for people. No one believed Spooner about the robots. No one believed Victoria when she told them about the corpse bride. And now no one will believe Charlie about Dandridge. We're wrapping up. Everyone is getting ready to leave. Peter, like, opens this compact that's like a prop from one of his old movies It's got a mirror in it, and he's going to fix his hair. He sees the kids and Billy in the reflection of the mirror, but not Jerry. Not Jerry. Oh, he is spooked. So at least we know Billy's not a vamp. And Peter drops that thing like a hot potato. Absolutely clutching for his pearls. (laughs) But he doesn't say anything. Yeah, I'm like, come on, you dickweed. Like, they get out of the house, and Charlie's like, what did you see? Charlie's like, sums up. (laughs) You're jittery. (laughs) Please. Mr. Vincent, you have to tell me. Our lives depend on that. All right. He didn't cast a reflection in my mirror. Satisfied now? Mr. Vincent, you have to call the police. Mr. Vincent, shit! And Charlie's begging with him, please, sir, we need an adult. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For real. But Peter, (laughs) help, help. I need an adult. I need an adult. But no one believes children. Absolutely. This is a common theme in horror movies. In life. In life also, yes, unfortunately. uh, Life is kind of a horror movie, isn't it? Yeah, especially right now. We're entering the last third of this movie. There is some really disturbing makeup effects and stuff on the horizon, and we will be describing them, so... Just letting you know. Ross is already twitching. I just jittered a little bit. I was like, ugh. The boys are walking Amy home. They don't want her to go home by herself. I guess Amy lives all the fucking way across town. I know, because you were like, why are we in a city all of a sudden? Like, why did they walk to town? Like, (laughs) Evil wants to cut through the alley, and Charlie's like, are you out of your mind? I think we're supposed to swim through the trench, not over it. (laughs) Exactly. He's like, we want lights and people. Yeah. And Evil... Evil's over him. Yeah. He's just like, you know what, Brewster? You're a total fruitcake. There's no such thing as vampires. Don't be a scared little puss. (laughs) There's no such thing as vampires, fruitcake. Evil splits off from them and goes down this long, dark alley that, you guessed it, is full of fog. Evil realizes that Jerry is stalking him. Ah! And he just looks like a normal guy. He's wearing his trench coat and his red scarf. And he's not even chasing Evil. He's just walking down the alley slowly after Evil. And every time Evil rounds a corner, he's right there. Nope, 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 nope. I wrote screaming guitar. Yeah, okay, 
Okay. I wrote screaming guitar chase for evil. Well, that's what's great about the guitar in this song. Is it's like the guitar is screaming for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's so creepy. Finally, evil comes to a dead end. Literally. A dead end. Oh, no. <laughs> You think Jerry's gonna eat him or something like that? Yeah. But Jerry just goes, You don't have to be afraid of me. I know what it's like being different. Only they won't pick on you anymore or beat you up. I'll see to that. All you have to do is take my hand. A deal with the devil? A deal with the devil, indeed! And, like, Jerry just sweeps him up into his coat, and we hear evil scream. So, guys, evil's a vampire now. Yeah. He is part of the Legion of the Undead. I beca- And my feelings towards evil? Turn 180. Oh, boy. Because ah. evil, evil is going to be one of the biggest nopes for the rest of this movie. Because he's, he's, he's now a servant to Jerry. Yeah. And he, he's, he's going to be a part of the problem now. He serves the master. Oh! Ah! Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm thinking about it. I know. I'm about it. It's going to I know. I, it makes me feel like I'm five again. I know. And I'm terrified. We'll get there. We'll get there. Dandridge is stalking Amy and Charlie, and they're trying to get away from him. Mm -hmm. And their only recourse is to climb in through the window of the kitchen to a nightclub. The club. We have gone into the club. I'd never really thought about that before. When I watched them go in the window, I'm like, oh, they'd have to get in that way. How else would they get into this bar? Loving 80s trap music. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a nice joint. Like, I would dance here. Yeah. Like, this is a great place. You want to go to the bar from Fright Night? <laughs> Let's find out where it is. We'll go. Let's open a club and call it the bar from Fright Night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Charlie goes to the payphone, and while he's trying to get a hold of Peter, Jerry walks into the club. Yeah, he does. Another good look. That little gray sweater and the slacks, and he sees Amy. From across the dance floor. Do you count how many times he goes back and forth across her site? No. I can't. I lose track every time. <laughs> yeah. And she is just, he's hypnotizing her. He, Fuck vampire hypnosis. He's drawing her towards him. And Charlie's on the phone. He's not paying attention. I love it because right before he got on the phone, Amy was like, Charlie, promise me you won't let him get me. And then you left. You were like, he's totally going to let him get you. Yeah, yeah. Like, Charlie, come on. He draws Amy out onto the dance floor. Also another great track. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm a little uncomfortable with the subject matter here, but, like, the track is great. He's a good man. He In a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of Jerry just groping Amy on the dance floor. And I love it when she is spinning with him. All of the walls in this club are mirrored for reasons. Yes. And she can see herself spinning, but she's spinning by herself. I wonder if anybody else sees it. (laughs) Imagine you and me sitting at a table in the corner going, can you fucking see this? That guy's not casting a reflection. That guy is not in the mirror. (laughs) He's too cool to be here. 
Charlie tries to stop it. He, like, finally realizes that she's not next to him. Yeah. And he walks up on the dance floor, and it's like he's going to start a fist fight. He's going to start a fist fight with the vampire. He gets her back away from him for approximately a minute. They're running out of this club. Because Jerry has decided to fuck up the bouncers. Yeah, the bouncers come over like, is there a problem here? And he murders them. Yeah, yeah, like, in front of everybody. Like, come on, Jerry. You were bitching about being found out. There are three black actors in this movie. He kills two of them. Yeah, I mean, come on. Come on. Come on, 80s America. The crowd is, like, plowing through to get out, and Charlie and Amy get separated. Stupidly. Stupidly. Yeah, like, people push her away from him. And, like, I love that people are just, because, like, because, like, Dandridge gets her back, and everybody is passing him on the staircase, and, like, does nobody realize that he's the murderer? (laughs) That they're all trying to run away from? You leave that writer alone. Uh, It's whatever. It's whatever. The stager needs to be reevaluated. So Charlie goes to Peter's. Peter is packing to leave. Like, Professor, we have some information for you. Are you going somewhere? Oh, my God. It's literally Gilderoy. You've been calling him Gilderoy this whole time. Yeah, he's a fraud. He is. He's running from himself. Only this time, Gilderoy gets a redemption story. Ah, absolutely. And even though it was pre-Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is Gilderoy just based on Peter Vincent? He might be. Because, like, literally... Gilderoy Lockhart is a renowned vampire killer. Is he really? Yeah. Oh my God. Voyages with Vampires, his bestseller. That's right. Yeah. You are the kind of fan that remembers those details. Peter's petrified. He's the only adult that has evidence that what is going on is in fact what's going on. That would weigh on me. I know. And he, but he's going to turn tail and run. Come on, Peter. And here's where I had an interesting thought. Like, you remember how the cross didn't work on Dandridge because Charlie didn't believe in it? Yeah. And I think it's interesting that Peter, who has also been non-helpful since he showed up, and Charlie says this thing to him. I can't do it alone, Peter. If you don't help, Amy is going to die. Me too, probably. Please, Peter. Now Peter kind of believes in himself because Charlie believes in him. Charlie has faith in him. And Peter's gonna slowly rise to the occasion here. Your clink on the ground. <laughs> just one clink? And it's just, I think it's just one ball. <laughs> Peter decides he's gonna help Charlie kill Dandridge and rescue Amy. Okay. We're here. We're at the scene. <sighs> okay. The fireplace scene. I cannot... Something we didn't talk about in enough detail earlier was the fact that Jerry, 400-year-old Jerry, in his home, has an oil painting of a young woman who bears a striking resemblance to Amy. It is. It is Amy. That's why Jerry was so, like, into her when he first laid eyes on her. She looks just like her. Yeah. 18-year-old, innocent, didn't want to make love Amy. Virgin on the fur blanket. Oh my god, she comes to on this fur blanket in front of this humongous, roaring fireplace. And the synth is happening. And she's wearing this gown that is like, it's a halter gown? Covers her barely? In the front. Yeah. Poor dear. And your 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 pulse is going really fast, but your tummy's fluttering. Yeah, like, <laughs> she wakes up in this room. She has no idea where she is. And there's Jerry. And he sees her looking at the painting, and he's like, She's someone I knew. 
time ago. He still got her like under his spell, right? Mm-hmm. And like he takes his shirt off and he gets down on the rug next to her. I'm like, oh God. Cause it's like, I'm supposed to be scared and turned on? What? I, yeah. <laughs> you can't handle it. No. He gets close to her neck and he bites her mm. and she like moans. The moaning. Oh, no. It's the moaning for me. Oh. I, I, I'm just like. That's the erotic horror genre. Are we supposed to feel good about this? Which I mean. I think not. It's, it's not exactly a new concept that vampires and erotica are like almost inextricably linked at times. Ugh. There's a lot of imagery and a lot of associations. I, just, I don't want to become a dead thing. <laughs> That lives on blood well, for a good fuck. Well, you know, like, it's just vampire sex must be amazing. Vampire sex just sounds gross to me. You're right. You're right. The whole scene kind of smacks of the first half of that cold open for American Horror Story Hotel, where Gaga and Matt Bomber go hunt that couple and like bring them back. That's for- one of my favorite sequences in American Horror Story. Oh, God. Ah, yeah. Not the super violent part, but the part before that. You know, there is actually no fornication. No, there isn't. He's just biting her. We're here for blood, first and foremost. Why does she have to be topless for that? Because it's disarming? (laughs) You could actually argue that it's arming? Oh, yeah. I'm armed. I'm armed. Okay. Charlie and Peter get back to Jerry's house. Charlie's walking up to the front door, and Peter's like, are you nuts? Let's sneak in through the back. And as he's saying that, that door... That front door creaks open. Oh my it's like, God. come on in. <laughs> Just the looks on their faces when they're like, oh shit. <laughs> they walk in and Jerry walks to the top of the stairs. And he goes, ah, 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 ah. One bat, two bats, <laughs> 50 bats. Welcome to Fright Night. For real. Okay. (laughs) All right, Jerry. Billy appears out of nowhere. Just nowhere. And he knocks Charlie over the railing. And you you know, you know what Peter does? He leaves. Oh my God. He leaves the child. All I can think of is that girl from Jurassic Park. He left us. He left us. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. He literally went, I'll be right back. I'll go get your mom. (laughs) What is with the cowardly lion routine? We need an adult. I know. Like and so he goes into Mrs. Brewster's room and he rouses her. Remember that fucking raggedy Ann doll at the beginning that's really nopey in the corner of her room? Yeah, you didn't care for that. Well, the wig has been taken off of it. Oh no. Or cut off of it. <laughs> or bit off of it. Evil scalped raggedy Ann. And put it on his head. Oh, he pops out of mom's bed. The makeup on him, this is the most uncomfortable part of the movie for me. This this next this next five minute sequence, whatever, that's just evil's end. Yeah, no. I just This scene this scene's tough, guys. Buckle the fuck up. Like he's being so fucking creepy. Where is Charlie's mother? Oh well, apparently she's working nights. But she left a note. <laughs> <laughs> Here's thin 
Pinar's in the oven. <laughs> if I were Roddy McDowell, I'd be shitting my pants. Oh, no. Like, I bet Roddy McDowell never wanted to see that kid again after filming this. <laughs> it is a lot. Stephen Jeffries does an amazing job. Uh, yeah, he wigs me. Like, I... I ah! <laughs> ah! Ah, ah, ah. His makeup is absolutely sick. Peter runs out into the hallway and he like trips and falls over and breaks this table. And he can hear this growling coming from the bedroom. And I know this is where you throw up your hands because you're like, what? Vampires can turn into werewolves. Like, come on. This wolf, this real wolf walks into the hallway and Peter's like, oh, there's no way my luck is that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like vampires turn into wolves? What? Evil rushes him. Stupid. I know, I know. He takes that broken table leg, runs him through and throws him over the banister So basically, guys, you know, over the next five minutes, we just have to kind of... Because that's it, basically. That's what's done it. But um, there's this slow, painful transformation where evil goes from wolf back to human. And it's practical. It's excruciating. Like, we're not doing any fancy fade tricks here. We're just cutting back and forth between Peter and... And evil, and every time we see evil, he's more human, and the makeup is very Cronenberg. This puppet is um, lives in my nightmares rent-free. Oh, and the noise he's making. No. It, I'm not going to play any audio from this part. I think you should. Uh, no. No, I, do it. I can't do no, that to I, them. No, I had to hear. They have to hear. Okay, one tiny little piece, but it'll be brief. No. <laughs> No, we are not going to- Ten gonna... uninterrupted seconds. No! Ten uninterrupted seconds. It's actually kind of sad. Yeah, because evil was like, not really evil No, to he, begin with. He was just a weird kid, man. And everybody picked on him. And Charlie and Amy made fun of him. And then, like, at the end, he ends up dying as a servant to this vampire. And his death is so graphic and excruciating. It feels like it goes on for five minutes. It's the worst part of the movie for me. It goes on too long. Like, Like, if I had one criticism about this movie, it's that that business goes on too long. And it's just, ugh, you're right. I can't shake it from my consciousness. eh. This is also one of the biggest plot holes of the movie. Don't trip on that loose end. Because Peter just leaves the house. (laughs) He leaves evil's naked body. Lifeless body. On the carpet in mom's house for her to find when she gets off the night shift. Oh yeah, the reason she wasn't there is she's working nights. And like, she's just gonna find him when she comes home. I guess. Oh my god. They gotta do something about that. Jerry takes Charlie upstairs to where he's keeping Amy, and he locks Charlie in there with Amy, who is starting to turn into a vampire. Yeah. He grabs Amy. She's got the, she's got the I need blood sweats. Amy. love jerry we see jerry he's like hmm music to my ears yeah I just, the, look, the look on his face just the hmm. 
Peter finds them in that room and he tells Charlie, listen, this sucks. She's turning into a vampire. But if we can kill Dandridge before dawn, everything should go back to normal. (laughs) Which is also a thing in vampire lore. If we plant a virus into that mother's ship, it's going to then filter down into all the other little ships below. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Doc. They go out onto the landing. And Billy stops them on the stairs. A lot of this action takes place on the stairs. Yeah. Billy stops them on the stairs and Peter points a gun at him because he, as far as he knows, Billy's human. Where did the gun come from? I guess it was in his bag of tricks. I don't know. (laughs) That's a good vampire trick. A gun. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot it through the heart. And he does. He fires and hits Billy right between the eyes. Nah, doesn't phase him. Billy gets right back up. Billy is a Barrow White or a what did you call it? Oh, yeah. I asked Gavin. I was like, what is Billy's deal? And he and Gavin said that there's there's this thing in uh, it's it's in Magic the Gathering and it's also in other lore. It's called a thrall. And it's like it's a being that has been created specifically to be a servant to some dark being. Jerry literally made him, made him to be his servant. Like Frankenfurter and Rocky. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There it is again. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Charlie comes in clutch. He stabs Billy with a stake. And that does it for Billy. Like, he's not a vampire. He's not mortal. But the stake still works on Billy. Yeah, boss fight over. Yeah, and Ross, <laughs> how icked are you about this sequence? I tried not to look at it as it was happening. Because Billy just kind of starts to melt. We're just gagging and melting and turning into green slime and necroting bones. <laughs> Sand? It's like Dandridge made him from sand and green goo. I, I love it because Charlie just kind of goes, and he and the skeleton falls over and shatters into a million See, pieces. All the evidence is being destroyed. They have a body next door. Like <laughs> this is the thing. These are the things I'm thinking about. I was like, what about the police? What about the police in the morning? What about Mrs. Brewster? I'm thinking of Amy talking to a cop. You don't understand. I was a vampire this morning. <laughs> Officer, seriously, (laughs) absolutely. Why do you want to smell my breath? (laughs) Charlie and Peter are still on the staircase, and Dandridge comes flying in through that beautiful plate glass window. Come on, man. Like, how much did that cost? (laughs) You could tell they had one shot at that. Probably. Because they played the same shot from multiple angles. Yeah. And it's just like, oof, I'm nervous for them. Yeah. And it happened already. (laughs) Peter threatens him with that cross again. He's laughing at them. It's like the cross is not working again, even though I totally believe that Peter believes in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jerry can't see the dawn coming in over his shoulder. And Peter's like, hey man, check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Dandridge freaks out. Kissing and shitting. 20 alarm clocks go off. Cuckoo, cuckoo. It's 6 a.m. It's time to go to bed. (laughs) Here's where the bat shot comes into play. Because they do this animation of Dandridge in shadow. Yeah. Full, ch- flying into the air. It's and ch- very 80s. Changing into a bat. And it's just a shadow. He flies towards the basement. And Peter and Charlie, 
armed with stakes and crosses, go down in the basement to look for him. And that's when Amy comes downstairs. And she's like, I'm a woman now, Charlie. A detail that bothers both you and I, her hair is longer for no GD reason. Yeah, why the hell is her hair just getting longer every time she comes into shot? Like, I don't understand this. Is a longer-haired vampiress a hotter vampiress? Is that what we're going for here? I think so. More womanly? Less girly? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, she is like a full-on woman by the end of this. Her voice is different. Don't be frightened, Charlie. Hurry, Peter, get it open. He's locked it from the inside. What's wrong? Don't you want me anymore? She is a different person. This actress is just doing this soap opera star voice, trying to get close to him. And he throws that cross up to threaten her. (laughs) And she, like, regresses. And I can't believe he almost falls for this. Like, come on. That's not your girlfriend. (gasps) It's not my fault, Charlie. You promised you wouldn't let him get me. You promised. Amy. she looks up and the mouthpiece she's got in it's like she's got a mouthful of shark teeth the mouth is the width of her head i know it's longer it's like her jaw unhinged like how the fuck did they do this and so she goes after charlie and he's fighting her off while that's happening peter's found the coffin he gets the coffin open and starts hammering a stake into dandridge who just kind of wakes up and is like, stop it. He's like, hey, that hurt. That's rude. <laughs> Jerry's makeup is more advanced too. Yeah. Like, is this just what he looks like when he sleeps? <laughs> like all of his great, like I am not attracted he to him. He looks like an Urukai. He kind of does. <laughs> like all of my feelings about his attractiveness just went out the door. Like an orky Urukai. Like what is the opposite of a sploosh? <laughs> That's what's happening to me. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Do that again. <laughs> yeah. That is what it is. Like, I, Sorry. Uh. You stunned me. Jerry's got Peter. He's going to bite Peter. And Charlie, this idea is just now occurring to Charlie. Jesus tits. <laughs> he starts breaking all the windows. Like, come on. And we saw the sun was coming up. I know. How did he not come to this? And he breaks all the windows and the daylight comes in and Jerry's got nowhere to go. He's just getting cooked. Instead of glistening, we're cooking. (laughs) We're cooking. Like we are a ribeye. And he is like blown back by this sunlight. And he's suddenly on fire. Green fire. The image and sounds of a burning, screaming skeleton have never set well with me. (laughs) Spooky, scary trauma, part 897. And then Amy wakes up. She's Amy again. Yeah. Her hair is suddenly short. And alien ships start falling all over the world. (laughs) No, no, that's a different movie. And she's like, what happened? Oh, she's fine. Everyone is hugging and taking a deep breath. And we just kind of go into this little epilogue 
Yeah, we've explained everything away, I guess. <laughs> we don't know anything about what happened to Evil's body. I guess it was gone. I, well, but how? Oh, maybe like when he killed Jerry, maybe Evil's body disappeared. That doesn't explain the broken table and the broken stair banister, but okay. I guess mom just bought whatever party story they told her. We see Peter is back on TV. He's suddenly, I don't know what causes him to suddenly be popular again. Yeah. Maybe he sold some crazy story. Maybe this, maybe this is it. Maybe this was the story. (laughs) The story that everyone was like, sure, sure, Peter. They're like, look, we have all this vampire proof. Could could someone check on Peter? I'm concerned. Maybe Ed's body was evidence. Who knows? Who knows? We can only speculate wildly. Yeah, we don't know how that panned out. But Fright Night is back on television. Peter's in the money. He's, but he's, we're we're not, we're talking about something new, aren't we? We're talking about aliens now. I love it because he's like, Enjoy this movie, Mars Once Flesh. I do not star in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's learned some modesty and some humility. I do not I star in do it. do not star in it. And Charlie and Amy are still together. They're macking on the bed. How do you how do you stay together after <laughs> that kind of drama? Well, doesn't in that kind of doesn't that kind of stuff usually bond people together? Having that mouth be three times as big as it was full of razor sharp teeth trying to murder me are you asking how i don't you... know if i'd feel the same way about making out with this young lady making out right that's exactly what i was thinking that would be very very different i wasn't thinking about anything else anyway <laughs> and i guess charlie and amy are having sex now that that's it that's how the movie ends yeah charlie's finally getting nookie like right before they get right before he gets into bed He's looking out the window. It's the shot of the open window from the Dandridge house. And like, it's dark in there. But he thinks he sees something blink. You see these eyes light up. Yeah. She's like, Charlie, what is it? And he's like, yeah, it's nothing. And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. Guys, there is a sequel to this movie. Okay. I've never seen it in its entirety. I thumbed through it before we came in to record. And it's absurd. By the beginning of the sequel, Charlie's been in therapy for like three years. and the Really? Because sh- we seemed all hunky-dory at the end. I know. And he, the shrink has managed to convince him that vampires aren't real. So the whole movie, we have to go through this process again of confronting the reality of vampires. So there's another Death Star. There, there is another Death Star. <laughs> there's another Death Star. And it, speaking of another Death Star, you know who the villain of that movie is? Ah. Jerry's sister. And, like, it's so stupid because his name is Jerry, but her name is Regine. Okay. Like, she has an actual vampire name. Oh, my God. They make that joke in the, in the remake. They're like, Jerry Dandridge, that's a dumb name for a vampire. Come on. <laughs> the remake is not horrible, guys. Like, it's not great. Colin Farrell, ooh, you know, he's Jerry Dandridge in that movie. Ew. Not nearly as charming okay. as Mr. Sarandon. Onward and upward. 
David Tennant's funny, but like he's also a major dick. Like he turns Peter Vincent into like this super Chris Angel dick. We'll do the remake one day. Maybe one day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do the remake one day. Tell me why you love this movie. I love this movie. It, it, it's just it's it's just nostalgic for me, honestly. Like I just remember watching it a lot as a kid and t- soaking up that horror at that age. All Yikes. The, all the practical effects. Yeah, it really gave me a big appreciation for just what practicality can do like for it, a film. It's so hokey looking, but at the same time... I'm disturbed. I am disturbed. I'm disturbed. No matter... And I'm disturbed even in the hokiest parts of it. Look, I don't understand how it manages to still be effective yet look so silly. And it's just like, what would you do, man, if a vampire moved in next door? I'd leave that motherfucker alone. (laughs) Do what you want. I ain't seen shit. Forget about me, Ross. Yeah. Forget about me and I'll forget about you. I love how this movie has this campy feel to it. Yeah. In addition to also being kind of weird and sexy. No, definitely. Definitely camp. Like, it manages to honor the genre without making fun of it directly. Yeah, I would say so. I really don't have any grand extrapolation here. This movie's just good fun. It is fun. You want to be disgusted and a little turned on? <laughs> Go for Fright Night. Go for Fright Night. If you've got Amazon Prime, it's on there for free right now, and you can find it places on the internet. The sequel's on the on YouTube for free. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> yeah, and you know, if you're a big fan of the movie, you might like that as well. This movie, I know we say it all the time, but this this movie's a classic for me. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, let's fly on out of here, shall we? Alright guys, time to move on to our next spooky choice for the month. And earlier, Ross and I played a little game for the bonus material. We tried to see who could name more vampires, and Ross won. I did. So he gets to pick the next spooky movie we do. Guys, I thought we'd have a little fun next week. You know, just like, you know, it's good to have a spooky theme, but you know, a comedy's always good, right? Am I right? Good, clean, family, spookable fun. Spookable comedy. Um, and for next week's selection, we are doing The Haunted Mansion. Oh, God, with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, oh, with man. Eddie Murphy. It'll be Eddie Murphy's first time. There are still big, nopey vibes from that film. Oh no. And we will get into it, but I have not seen it since we were kids. So I bet you're ready. Yeah, this is going to be like a fresh experience for me. I remember some things about it. I remember there was like this cool little love story and everything. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy is a clown. So it's going to be a good time. There are a lot of different themes to this film that a lot of people don't really recognize, so I can't wait to talk about it. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Don't forget guys, click around in the show notes. Check out the podcast we're recommending to you rate review retweet rate review retweet more quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming until then i'm carrie i'm ross and as always sorry mom